Hello, everyone, and welcome to Growing Kentucky's Leaders, a podcast from the Kentucky FFA Foundation. I am one of your hosts, Sheldon McKinney. And I'm your other host, Ruthie Ann Fink. And today with us, we've got Mr. Brian Welch. He is an ag teacher at Madisonville North Hopkins, and we're excited to have him here with us talking about um, what it's like being a teacher, uh, teaching agriculture, and then some different grants their chapters received through the foundation. So, uh, Brian, if you could start off telling us just what inspired you to be an ag teacher. Absolutely. So first off, thank you guys for having me on this show. Uh, it's great to give back to the foundation because you guys have given so much to us. Uh, I am originally from Davis County, and I got my roots just very traditionally like everybody else. I had an older brother that went to the ag program. He fell in love with FFA. When I went to school, I also fell in love with it. About my sophomore year, I was like, you know what? I want to be just like Chad Askins, who is one of my ag teachers, which eventually led me on the journey that I'm on right now. Um, whenever I was really young, my mom always tells stories about how I would take my stuffed animals, just lay them out and give them a sheet of paper. So I don't know if there's some sort of innate thing with ag teachers that they <laughs> always wanted to teach, uh, but I'm the first in my family to ever become a teacher. So I'm not necessarily sure where that came from. Uh, however, whenever I again took an ag class at Davis County, I just really wanted to be Chad Askins at the end of the day. I wanted to make the impact that he was making. And so that kind of led me to my journey here today. Hmm. That's great, Brian. You know, the three of us have something in common. We've all been ag teachers. <laughs> we think I are in the classroom now, but I get that bug too. I always wanted to to be a teacher in some way. You also had a really rich FFA experience. And so mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how FFA uh, became a part of your story. Absolutely. So I grew up in 4-H. And so we did a little bit with horses through 4-H in Davis County. Like I said, I followed my brother through FFA at the high school level, uh, really fell in love with the opportunities that were there, got to go on a few of the trips, got to do a few of the contests, really got that hook in and of itself. Uh, I was then later fortunate to be a state officer for Kentucky FFA. Through that experience, I got more exposure than I ever thought that I would as far as getting to travel to a bunch of different chapters. Uh, I got to see the events that they were doing, I got to talk with their ag teachers, talk with their students, and then eventually over the summers in my college experience, worked at the Kentucky FFA Leadership Training Center. And so I really have a, a strong sense of what FFA offers in the Bluegrass State. Uh, I was a member I'm an ag teacher. I worked at our leadership training center. I was a state officer. And then I've done a little bit of work through the foundation to kind of help you guys out a little bit. I've applied yeah. through grants. And so. Yeah. All the things. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I think in the Kentucky ag teacher world, Brian, you're kind of known as, as being a teacher that's really plugged in with the community. You're all chapter super plugged in. So tell us a little bit about the community that you teach in and about your all's FFA chapter. Absolutely. So the community that we're at, we're in West Kentucky. And so Madisonville North Hopkins High School, not Madison County, but Hopkins County on the west part of the state. Uh, we are traditionally a coal mining community. And so back in the day, this was a lot more prevalent with coal. And we still have that industry here uh, to where we'll have mines open and closed periodically. But because of that, the land that was used for coal is often reclaimed for farming. And so there is a little bit of an agriculture presence. There are a few larger farms. Uh, there's not a lot of really small farms themselves, but we've got uh, a lot of producers that are raising some type of crop, usually. Uh, within our program itself, we have uh, three teachers, and what we're able to do with those three teachers are split up the different pathways. So I teach primarily the Ag Power pathway. One of our teachers teaches the Animal Science pathway, and another teaches the Plant Science. And what that allows us to do is get involved in the community in a very specific way to what matches us. And so, for example, I might be very involved with Habitat for Humanity, which we'll learn about mm -hmm. here in a minute. Um, and that allows us to use our skills in our classroom to give back 
because of the reasons that maybe they need for us to help them. Uh, animal science might partner with the Livestock Association or Plant Science. They make um, some floral design arrangements that they give back to the nursing homes here with a partnership that we have through Kroger. And so there's a lot that we do that kind of embeds it. And we've allowed the community to kind of come to us, what their needs are. We've brought in our own personal passions as well. So I like carpentry, I like to build things. And so that's kind of what our tendencies tend to be as far as the way that we give back. Yeah, it's so purposeful what you all are doing there and, and listening to community needs and just lo learning how you can get plugged in. It's awesome to hear. I, I'm excited for our audience to hear some more examples of what y'all are doing. Yeah. And let's tell them about that. So the Kentucky FFA Foundation, we award a lot of different grants, but kind of a unique one we do is called the Ag Innovation Grant. We've typically done about two a year, but it's $10,000 grant to a program. And our hope in this grant is that it can really offer a transformational educational experience. So you could put something brand new and exciting hands-on in your shop, in your classrooms, for your students. And so um, you all have received one of those grants. It's been really successful. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. So first, just with that number of $10,000 is huge for an ag program. I've worked at my school at the time that I received the grant, I believe for seven years. And the school itself had given us $900 over that seven year period to help wow. renovate the shop. And so as you maybe go to your ag shop or maybe you have some teachers go into theirs, you typically show up, there's maybe a couple drills, there's maybe a couple tools for 30 kids to share. And so it doesn't really make it very impactful on what you can do. And so the $10,000, when we applied for it, we were very specific to target one of our senior level classes. Um, what it was is our senior level ag math course. And when I teach that class, it's very residential construction based. And so what we do with it, we partner with Habitat for Humanity locally in our community, and we build sheds for the Habitat homes that they build. What we did with the money is we were able to buy the tools needed so that it wasn't any longer going to be one student waiting for the one tool. So they had to spend an hour just waiting mm -hmm. to get to it. So now we were able to divide our class up into three different groups with three full sets of tools that they were able to use. Uh, within those groups, they assigned a project manager for the build. They were assigned different responsibilities, like you might be responsible for building wall one, another person wall two, you have the rafters. Uh, we were able to delegate that workout and kind of give that real world experience. And then at the same time, we also had the tie to what the community needed. We knew that at the end of the day, if we built a crappy shed, that was going to sit in somebody's yard who really needed it. And so it allowed my students the chance to really find purpose behind what we were doing. We weren't building just a random birdhouse to go rot in your grandma's backyard. Like this was going to be something utilized by somebody who needed it. Um, again, for us, that $10,000 was well spent on a lot of tools and equipment that we just weren't able to get otherwise. And it allowed our students to not just sit on the sidelines while one or two people worked. It allowed everybody in our program the chance to be able to use that. Um, and what the cool thing about this grant, too, is that it's not meant for a one and done. And so this grant is hopefully going to be something that's foundational, that builds into other things. And we have built up to something else as well. Uh, we are actually building a tiny home out of that same class. And so yesterday, we actually put the four walls up on the trailer. It looks beautiful right now. It's this really great framing process. Um, and the kids are super excited about it. We're still building the sheds. Right now, we've built five sheds to date for Habitat. And we're going to continue building those on the sidelines. Uh, but we uh, have evolved into so much more because, again, what that impact that this grant was able to do for us. Oh my gosh. Oh. I just love it. That's so wonderful. You know, I think that maybe listeners may be 
surprised to hear that all school districts are locally controlled. They're all funded differently. And so the funds available for what you can offer your students um, and what tools you can provide, what your greenhouse looks like, what your shop looks like, it varies by every school. And so different mm -hmm. teachers are faced with different financial challenges. And that's a great way that the foundation can come in and give support to those who really do need it. Because this money is was money well spent. It's going to be well spent for many years to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the Ag Innovation Grants, you know, they're meant to transform what education looks like in those programs. And I, I just want to say thank you all for being a great steward of those uh, dollars and really using it to do exactly what it's intended to do. And I have to give Brian a shout out. Um, Madisonville North Hopkins uh, they agreed to build 10 different rocking chairs that we actually sold at our gala this year um, that different people bought them to as tribute chairs. So in honor or in memory of someone. And that's just a really cool project. We got to support Madisonville North Hopkins in and then also uh, supported the foundation as well. So shout out to your chapter for doing that. That was an awesome project we got to collaborate on. But, you know, people do love to give dollars to the local chapter and, um just sitting here, it's rewarding to hear about the difference that that makes. Are there other ways that the foundation has supported your all's chapter locally? Because we do a lot of that. Um, we're not just statewide, right? We we give to those local chapters um, and steward those dollars. So we'd love to hear about other ways the foundation has supported your all's chapter locally. Absolutely. So we've been fortunate to receive quite a few grants um, through the foundation because you guys just have so much to give. One of those is as simple as the jacket program. Uh, we mm -hmm. recently just got a check from you guys to help uh, purchase a, a full suit of official dress for one of our kids. Uh, he was as excited as he could possibly be. Last year he was in my freshman class and he was really eager about FFA, but I didn't even realize he didn't just have the funds to just go buy a jacket. He saw all of his friends get one throughout the year and he was like, uh, I'm just never going to mention it. And then finally, yeah. one of my co-teachers who now has him this year is like, so-and-so, why didn't you get a jacket last year? He's like, well, I don't know if I can. And then perfect fit for what that foundation grant was able to do for us. And again, as soon as he gets that, he's about to, it's been ordered now because we've got the check. And as soon as he gets that, it's going to be a really cool moment for him as he starts that journey with the FFA. Uh, there's also the um, grants that you all give out for $1,000 that are supposed to help with educating about the um, agriculture itself for sustainability. Uh, we've been very fortunate to get those. I believe they're called the Better Days or Better Ways. Grant. Better Days through Better uh, Ways. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we've used those in quite a few ways. We have uh, a pumpkin patch that we raised here at the school. And the first time that I think I got that here at North, uh, it went towards that pumpkin patch that we've raised. Uh, with that, we invite all the second graders in Hopkins County out. Uh, that's 450 plus students every year that will get exposed to what life is on fall on the farm. And so my freshmen with about five to six weeks of being a high school student, we'll create learning stations, we'll go out there and lead all the second graders of Hopkins County uh, to learn a little bit about what life is on the farm. So a good ag literacy event. Uh, we just recently got another one so that we can have a chicken coop here on campus. And so out of the animal science pathway, again, kind of spreading that wealth, we're going to have some chicken coops, uh, we're going to do broilers in the fall, we're going to do egg layers in the spring and hopefully sell those out. Um, and so really cool opportunities that have only been made possible again because of the donations from the foundation. Yeah. I want to say, you know, that when we talk to donors and they want to know, you know, what their funds do, we raise money in all kinds of ways through sponsorships, through our gala, through raffles, through all of these um, ways. We try to raise support 
so we can have funds like this to give mm-hmm. locally because we can raise a lot of money, but I can't make the difference that you are in your classroom. You are the hands and feet that make this happen um, locally every year in communities across Kentucky. It's great teachers. We, we, we are because of great local programs. That's the need of the foundation. So I've always like to share the impact that we're having because um, it's not just at the state level or just for state convention, though all those things are so important and vital, we're doing great work to make sure that any student that comes into your classroom or any other classroom has all the opportunities they need to be successful in ag education and FFA. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let me follow up with some questions for you as a leader. You're a leader in your school and community and in agriculture education across the state. What is the best leadership advice that you have ever received? Ooh, best leadership advice that I've ever received. It's honestly, you know, there's been lots of good little tokens of bits. And I think as a leader, you have to take in a lot of everything in order to be able to, you know, be the success that you want to be for other people. Uh, I think it really stems for me of who you surround yourself with. They say that you are the sum of the five most people you hang out with. And I've been very fortunate over my career with my career life itself and my personal ambitions there, uh, I've been able to really surround myself with those people that are necessary. When I was high, in high school, it was Chad Askins. When I was a state officer, it was people like Matt Colliff. When I was working at FFA camp, it was Christy Guffey. Um, and so there's been a lot of great leaders that I've been able to place myself underneath to pull what I can from them. And then that's really helped me to kind of be the person I am today. If I was to surround myself with people that weren't pushing me, weren't challenging me, I'd probably just be the person that says, all right, we're learning this today. Copy this down, take a test, see you guys next year. Um, And so it's because of the people I've surrounded myself with that it's really helped encourage me to join Farm Bureau, to be part of the community, to do the different projects we do in class. So definitely surround yourself with the right people. Hmm. Solid advice, for sure. Another question we always ask our guest, Brian, is um, philanthropy related. So we know philanthropy is all about giving back. And we always like to give our guests an opportunity to shout out someone who has really given back to you or poured into you. So and I know you've kind of already shouted out some people who have been influential in your life, but who's someone you'd like to shout out that's really poured into you? Well, just based on this conversation, uh, definitely, you know, I wouldn't you got to give credit where credit is due. And I've already said his name once or twice, but Chad Askins is the reason I'm an ag teacher. Had I not had his class, had he not been the person to pour himself into me, he was my not only my ag teacher, but he was also my Sunday school teacher a little bit later on in my high school career. Um, then, you know, who knows where I would be right now. I'm not going to say I'd be on a, a bad path by any means, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing for ag education or for my students right now. So definite shout out to him. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, teachers plant the seeds. And you were, he planted some seeds in you and you were growing and planting seeds in other students. So it is just such a rewarding career to be a part of. Shifting gears entirely about leadership. I'm going to ask you about a gadget or an app or a thing right now that you're loving that's helping you grow. Is there something right now that you're, you're using a lot? It's helping you grow as a leader or as a professional. And so you will probably like a tear of joy will come from your face right now in a moment. (laughs) Because uh, I think it was you teaching someone else who taught me about this. But anagrams are probably my favorite thing to ever think about. Uh, for those who don't know, anagrams are basically your motivations in life. You're a one through nine. Uh, there's lots of reasons as to maybe why you go towards certain paths or why you are motivated in ways that you are. 
And more importantly, it's why you maybe react well or don't react well with other types of people. And it's not a bad thing if you are a one or a seven or a six like I am. It's just a matter of realizing, hey, this is what my strength is. This is where I go when I'm really stressed out and really negative. But if I'm in a positive mindset, this is where I could be. And so, and then also, again, reaching that and seeing what that it's like for other people, even my colleagues here at school, like there's some of the times I'm like, you know what? I think the only reason that I'm really frustrated with you right now is because you're an Enneagram, insert whatever. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? That's fine. That's perfect. Actually, you're a human being. I like you just the way you are. Uh, we're just not vibing right now. And so as weird as it sounds, uh, Enneagrams are probably that leadership trait and that skill, that trinket um, that I've walked away with probably the most here recently. A Ooh. tear does come from my eye from hearing that. That's wonderful. Thank you, Brian. Well, I'm an Enneagram three. Uh, I'm an Enneagram nine. So, yeah. so we are actually yeah. all kind of connected in yeah. health and stress. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone uh, wants to study about the Enneagram, I always recommend a book called The Road Back to You. Um, it's a great way to get started to just learn in your leadership journey. So Brian, thank you so much for the time that you spend in the classroom and the work that you do every day. It just matters deeply. And it is an honor to, to get to raise support for people and programs like you. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. And of course, thanks to the foundation. Like I just said in this bill, we wouldn't be the program we are today had it not been for a lot of the support that you guys have given us. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And it's gone a long way for us and our kids. Okay. Great. I, we can't wait to share this story. And thank you all if you're joining us today for this latest episode of Growing Kentucky's Leaders. Growing Kentucky's Leaders is a podcast from the Kentucky FFA Foundation. The music has been performed by Bourbon County FFA member Joe Fritch. Production is provided by Isaiah Pruitt. Our artwork is by Julie Fritch Creative. Your hosts are Sheldon McKinney and Ruth Ann Fink. And you can find us on all social platforms at Kentucky FFA.